Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on Easter Sunday, 2022, on the basis of Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The last scene that we had from Luke's gospel before the one that we had today was Joseph of Arimathea, uh, this, this very wealthy man, taking Jesus' lifeless body down from the cross and laying Jesus in the tomb that was, was his. And there Jesus' body laid, while the rest of, of the Jewish world got ready for the Sabbath of Passover week, which, which was a big deal. That was uh, on Saturday. But for any of the followers of Jesus, this was going to be a different Sabbath than they've ever had before. The, the remaining 11 disciples had now locked themselves in a room. They were scared. They were scared of the Romans, that they might be coming for them. They were scared of the Jewish leaders. They were just scared. The women, they, they were there to witness Jesus' death, but now, on Saturday, they were, they were kind of biding their time, waiting so that they could go properly prepare Jesus' body for burial. Any other follower of Jesus at this time uh, was maybe crestfallen at, at the fact that Jesus was dead, and there Jesus' body lay, resting in the tomb on the Sabbath. But the Sabbath ended, and the morning light rose on, on Sunday morning, and the women hurried off to the tomb. They had with them the spices and all the preparations they need, needed to, to prepare Jesus' body and give him a, a proper burial. But when they show up to the tomb, they're surprised. They're surprised because the stone is rolled away. There was this big stone that was covering the entrance to this tomb. It says the tomb was cut out of a rock. And so this, this stone was, was moved aside. The stone itself used to be sealed, and now the seal was broken. And there used to be two guards standing in front of that Sunday too, but now it's of that tomb on Saturday. And they likely would have been there on Sunday too, but now they were gone as well. And so when they show up, they, they just go right into the tomb to an even bigger surprise. They had brought all these spices and all these preparations for nothing. There was no body there for them to, to actually prepare. And Luke says that they were kind of perplexed by this. They were confused as to what was, was happening. What had happened to Jesus' body? Yet that confusion turned very quickly to fear. They were terrified. As these two angels appeared to them, dressed in clothes that, that shone like lightning, it says, they were so scared that they fell down to the ground, seemingly face down to the ground. This was the kind of fear, not that you get after watching a scary movie. This was the kind of fear that, that you had being in the presence of a, of a holy being. And then one of those angels asked a question of the, of the women, a question that we also want to consider this morning. Why do you look for the living among the dead? If someone were to ask you where you find meaning in life, 
how would you answer that question? What would be some of the things that, that you would mention in answer to that question? Well, while you're thinking of your answer, uh, let me tell you what, what some of the rest of America has said. The, the Ameri- American Pew Research Center did a, a survey maybe one or two years ago where they asked that question. They said, what, what gives you meaning in life? And they, they didn't limit people to, to just one response. You could, you could mention multiple things in your response. 70% of, of Americans said that, that family gives them meaning in life. They, they mentioned family in some respect when, when answering that question. 34% mentioned their career. 23% mentioned money. 20% mentioned friends. 20% mentioned hobbies. And kind of on the same level as, as hobbies and friends, 20% mentioned faith. Maybe that poll is surprising to you. Uh, maybe not. How would you answer that question? What would you mention? And maybe we need an added encouragement to go along with that question. That, that we ought to really dig deep and think about uh, our own heart when we think about that question. Because I, I don't think it's a question that can just be answered intellectually. Because, of course, we're sitting in church. There, there's a cross. There, there's flowers. It's Easter of course, we know how that question ought to be answered. Faith, of course. Faith is what governs my life. Faith is what gives me meaning. Faith is what gives me life. Yet, is that really, is that really your, your answer? As you assess your life, as you assess your actions, as you assess your priorities, as you assess everything about your life, are you looking for life where life is truly found? Where do you find your heart looking for life? Are you looking for the living among the dead? For example, are you looking for life from your accomplishments? Maybe you're the kind of person that really is good at setting your mind to a specific goal, and when you have that goal locked in, you train hard, you work hard, and you chase after that goal, and when you finally get it, when you finally reach that goal, the sense of accomplishment that you have is overwhelming. You feel alive, and you just want to work hard to do that again, to experience that accomplishment again. Or maybe you kind of look for, search for life in doing good for others or effectuating change. What really gets you riled up and what really gets you going is seeing Good being worked in other people's lives, seeming like you're making a difference in the world. That gives you an unbelievable feeling when you can see that in some, some little way. If someone's life is a little bit better based on something that you did for them. Or maybe you look for life from another person. That a spouse would make you happier than you've ever been before. That a friend would give you a deep sense of purpose or that your family members would fulfill some of your deepest needs. All of those are good things, aren't they? Accomplishments, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing good for others. There's nothing wrong with a spouse or family or friends. Yet... The, 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 the life that you're looking for from those accomplishments won't be found there. Certainly, it's, it's good to set your mind to something and work hard at it, but, 
the school records will fade away or be broken by somebody else. That the career you've built will be taken up by somebody else. That the money that you've earned, the raises, the promotions that you've earned will be spent or given to someone else. Certainly, it's good to do good for others. Certainly, some change is needed, and it's good to make a difference in this world. But no amount of good works, no amount of moral conviction, no amount of social, uh, social causes is ever going to take away our sin or mark us as saved before God. Certainly, a spouse family, friends, those are all good things, yet, yet they are sinners too. And they can't save you from sin because they are lost in their own sin. Here, here's the bottom line. Here's the point of all of this. If you're looking for, for life from anything of earthly origin, you are looking for life from the dead. It doesn't matter if it's accomplishments. It doesn't matter if it's your own civic righteousness. It doesn't matter if it's another human being or any other number of things. None of those things and none of those people can give you life. They don't have the power. They don't have the ability to give you life because they themselves are dying. It's looking for life from the dead. You know, if the disciples and if the women would have held on to Jesus' promises and would have listened, really listened, to him while he was around, they wouldn't have been surprised at what was happening. And they would have known where to look for life. Life is found among the living. Life is found in a person, in Jesus. And the angels would remind the women of that. They would announce to them, first of all, that, that he has risen and that he the angels will remind them that that shouldn't be a surprise to them because Jesus had predicted that very thing. Listen to these words again. The angels say to the women, He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Did the women fully understand well, after hearing from the angels, after seeing the empty tomb, we could say, and it's reasonable to say, that yes, they understood that Jesus had risen from the dead. In fact, Jesus himself would appear to the women in the future here. But did the women really understand that this was more than just a miraculous event? Do you understand that this is more than just a miraculous event? We celebrate Easter, and Easter is important to us, not because Jesus just pulled off the greatest miracle of all time. Easter is so precious, and Easter is so vital because of what this miracle, what this resurrection means for us. This resurrection means that we have been saved from our sin, saved from the devil, saved from hell. Jesus rising from the dead means that he has completed his work that he absolutely needed to complete. Maybe you caught that when, when the angels were recalling Jesus' words. Did you catch the beginning of what, what he said? The Son of Man must. This was a necessity. It was necessary that Jesus died on the cross, but it was also necessary 
that he not stay dead. In order to win redemption, in order to give you forgiveness, in order to give you life, he needed to rise from the dead. You know, most world religions or most man-made religions have some thought of an afterlife, which really ought not be surprising to us because as King Solomon wrote for us in the Old Testament that God has set eternity on the hearts of mankind, meaning you know, you know that there is more than just this life. So does everybody else. Some, some might try to deny it, but it's there. There is an, an afterlife. But did you know that that any man-made religion, any world religion like Islam or Buddhism or, or Hinduism, all of the originators of those religions, the, the creators of those religions, have died. Which ought to tell you that no life can be found from a religion like that. But the Bible teaches a completely different, radically different story. The Bible, first of all, convinces us that, yes, there is life after death and that you all aren't just a body, but you are also a soul. And the Bible shows you where that soul finds life. Your soul finds life in the only one who has ever defeated death, in Jesus. His victory is life-giving. And so you're not going to find life in accomplishments, in pleasures, in your good works, or in other things people, you're going to find life in Jesus, and Jesus freely gives it. He doesn't ask you for a payment because he already made it. He doesn't ask you for a sacrificial act because he's already made the sacrifice. He doesn't ask you for anything because he has completed his work. Everything has been completed for you, which means the search is over. You know where to find life, where true life is truly found. And that is a transformational message. It means that your life is not rooted in these earthly dying things, but your life is rooted in something, something heavenly. And so certainly, your family, your job, your money, your hobbies, and your friends, they'll all continue to be wonderful blessings for you but your source of life will not be from those dying things. Your source of life will be some, from someone who can give life. So don't look for the living among the dead. Connect yourself to life. Connect yourself to God's life-giving word. Spend some time in, in the word at your, at your house. After you're done eating dinner, sit around with your family and, and spend some time in the word, get connected to a Bible study. Come to church on Sunday. Make it your goal to be around life and the source of life. Get, your, get yourself connected to a group of believers that can encourage you to stay connected to life. Be around the life giver, Jesus. The women left. They left the tomb and they ran back and they, they told the disciples and they didn't believe them. <laughs> They didn't believe anything that they were saying. It sounded like nonsense to the disciples. But Peter must have had some sort of inkling. He must have, because he got up and he ran to the tomb. And he found everything just as the women said. It was empty. He wasn't there. But the gospel kind of ends by saying Peter was confused. If you read the other resurrection accounts, 
there's some similar endings there. The people at the time didn't quite know what to make of this. There was a little bit of confusion, but you know what they will some, someday soon know. <laughs> no confusion necessary. Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. He has been victorious, and his victory is your victory. Amen.